Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat. The show is about to start. Hey guys, what's up? It's Phoebe. It's Mike. Happy Friday. You're listening to episode seven of the Mike and Phoebe show. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. So we got some awesome news that we wanted to tell you. Our podcast, Mike and Phoebe show is on Podbean. We just launched that earlier this week. So now we are on Podbean app, which is on, uh, distributes to iHeartRadio. Yes. What other apps is that on? It's uh, also Podbean. on uh, TuneIn. Okay. Uh, Podchaser. Okay. Uh, it's on, ooh. <laughs> caught you off guard there there's a whole list of them so you know we'll, we'll, we'll actually find out uh, but uh, every every place that you can pretty much think of for uh, a podcast uh, we're going to be on within you know the next week yeah with exception of uh, we're not on Spotify not yet we're not on um, iTunes right we're not on iTunes the, the, the Apple uh, podcast mm-hmm. we're not on that yet and we're also not on a Samsung, uh, and we're not on Google Google Podcast just yet. Right. So any other um, podcast apps that you might listen to, type it in the Mike and Phoebe Show. Help us out. Follow, subscribe. Um, you can listen to past episodes, which oopsie, which I highly suggest you do, because we have a lot of funny content. And uh, you know, if you want to laugh. You can listen to our podcast. If you have feedback for us, let us know. And we're happy to uh, listen and we, sh- we value your feedback. So another awesome news that you might have heard, we have a new sister station called Barn Door Radio. So uh, Barn Door Radio is for indie music, country, uh, folk, Americana, mountain music, gospel music, and all original, please. Yeah, and also bluegrass. Oh, yes, bluegrass. I did forget that one. Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, indie artists, if you do um, country, indie, bluegrass, Americana, folk, mountain music, gospel music, send in your originals to barndoorradio at gmail.com. And um, when you listen, go to barndoorradio.org. We do have music streaming already there. Yes, we sure do. And yeah. just to kind of go back on the uh, podcast part, if uh, anybody knows of any other platforms that they don't see us on, then uh, definitely let us know so that way we can actually go and get on those platforms as well. Yeah, absolutely. So shoot us an email at alternative twist radio at gmail.com and we'll check it out. Yes. Yeah. So music submissions um, for Barn Door Radio, go email barndoorradio at gmail.com. And follow them on socials, Barn Door Radio. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. That's right. Yeah. So now talking about um, news. Okay. This is one that's very local to us. In fact, um, it affects City of Paris. I saw this yesterday. Uh-huh. So, you know, when we share news and stuff, we always try to give our authentic um, review, our th- authentic thoughts, you know, so when we first see it. So when you're hearing about it right now, that's what we think right off the top. Nothing's re- uh, rehearsed. Nope. Nothing's scripted. Nope. It's all what's in our little minds uh, at that moment. <laughs> little minds. There you go. Little minds. <laughs> So I saw this yesterday. Okay, so this just went into effect. It affects the city of Paris, uh, California, which is where we are based out of. So this is out of uh, CSPINet.org. Okay, so Paris will require healthier items at supermarket checkout aisles. 
and this is a city ordinance that just went into effect for Paris. So Paris follows Berkeley, uh, California city, excluding certain items from the checkout aisle. City of Paris will become the second municipality in the country to pass an ordinance improving the nutritional quality of the foods and beverages sold at the supermarket checkout aisles. How about that one? So wait a minute, I can't get my uh, junk food so I can put more junk in my trunk <laughs> right there at the, uh, the checkout, checkout aisles? Are you kidding me? Yeah, apparently. So this city ordinance was just voted for and passed. So it affects a nearly 80,000 uh, person city. It was uh, unanimously passed a policy that will require grocery stores in the cities such as Winco, Walmart, Dollar General, etc. to swap out soda, chips, and cookies at the checkout aisles for healthier alternatives such as fruit, nuts, seeds, seltzer, and other low or no calorie drinks. So I think what the, the key phrase is in the checkout aisles. Because when I first read this, it caught my eye. Okay, I was thinking the whole entire store. Yeah, that had me freaking. Yeah, me too, boy. (laughs) What do you mean I can't get my junk food? (laughs) You know, yes, we're trying to live a healthy lifestyle. But you know what? We're we're human too. We we like our snacks. They want us to eat like birds. (laughs) Seeds, nuts. So, you know, I love my salty snacks, chips, yeah, but, you know, we're trying to cut down, being honest, you know, New Year, whatever, all that resolution stuff, right? But, so what they're saying is uh, City of Paris passed a city ordinance, is what it sounds like, to have grocery stores not have salty snacks in the checkout aisle, but it'll be in the rest of the store. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. That's right. It better be. <laughs> so, to much relief. But anyway, so... um. It says that the policy will go into effect July 1st. I mean, the policy, the law will go into effect July 1st. So the checkout aisle, so it's more of a marketing strategy is yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. So according to the um, news article, the checkout aisle is the supermarket equivalent of waterfront property. And food manufacturers typically pay a premium. See, I didn't know, know that. Uh pay a premium to ensure that soda chips and candy bars are visible there so this will this move will make it easier for consumers to avoid both marketing and impulse purchases of drinks snacks that are high in sugar and salt we hope more communities follow suit and pass similar policies so um this measure was led by local community organizations such as love for life the boys and girls club of inland uh, inland valley along statewide advocacy groups such as public health advocates, which support CSPI. Mayor Michael M. Vargas championed this policy with strong support from council member Marcella Nava. Additionally, the mayor's uh, Paris Youth Advisory Council played a lead role in obtaining support from broader community. So as long as we can get it from the rest of the store, you know, maybe another, what, two feet (laughs) Away from the checkout, I'm good. <laughs> Man, I was like, "Holy smokes!" You know, and I understand they're they want a healthier community. You know, healthier kids, which um, I'm behind a hundred percent. I get that too. I do. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. So, but it's mainly it seems like they're wanting to help the community in becoming healthier, give healthier options in the front, you know, in the checkout aisles. If they take it out of the stores, man, it's going to be uprising. Oh, yeah. 
I'll just say you you're gonna take my chips out of the uh, you know out of the whole entire store. I can't buy chips. And you know I'm all about healthy chips because I do like the healthy chips. I buy it from Dollar Tree, you know, 99 cent store. If I see a good um, healthy baked option, I would go for that because I don't like the salty. Okay. Uh, I'll take that back. You better. better. (laughs) I like the salty snacks, but um, I make a healthier option, you know, a healthier choice. So if I have the choice, I'm happy to go with the healthy snack option. I'm all about it. And that's why you eat my snacks before you eat your healthy snack. Hey, what are you doing? (laughs) But, you know, so it's it's having the option there is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand their marketing strategy. True. And eating healthier is is a good thing to do. True. Yeah. But now if they start taking away all options and, you know, then, you know, people start getting upset. Yeah. Because it's it's taking away the option and the free will and all that. But, you know, so I understand both sides. I do. Of course. Yeah. So as long as they let us have the option, I'm good. (laughs) That's right. So, um, now on to really funny news. So that wasn't really funny. It was more like, what? Oh, heck, heck no news. <laughs> Pretty much. They want you to go into the back of the store to get it where everything is like, ooh, it's dark back here. I don't know what to do. So now this next story is also uh, local to uh, LA, California. You were the one that told me about it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is out of losangelino.com. A story behind LA's fantastic, what? Underground reptilian race yep when you told me this i said what yep (laughs) let me let me find out what the heck is going on with the reptilian race i personally have not heard of it now i have heard of you know the the um what is it the crocodiles the underground crocodiles on in the uh train was it the subway system or Uh, in new york was that what it was no was that in new york i don't know because they usually don't go that far north because it's uh, too cold for them. Okay, so it, it's some urban myth, whatever it okay. was, right? right. Okay, okay, so anyway, we digress. Yeah. So according to losangelino.com, Los Angeles is a city of dreamers. Okay, we know that. Um, let's see here. So it's not surprising that we boast our fair share of homegrown conspiracy theories <laughs> and fictitious, 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 fictitious legends. And no legend has greater hold than the lizard people. I never heard of this. For almost a century, conspiracy whispers in Los Angeles have spoken of a mysterious race of highly evolved lizard people mm-hmm. who once built an extensive underground city in downtown LA. Well, a lot of bad stuff happens in downtown LA. That New York and all the other big cities that got subways and stuff like that underneath. <laughs> so the search for the lizard people was introduced to Los Angelinos in the early 1930s when a mining engineer named George Warren Schufeld claimed to have found an old map locating forgotten treasures buried underneath downtown. Okay, so the his quest was to understand understand the findings that led him to Greenleaf Chief, aka L. Micklin, a Hopi Indian at a medicine lodge in Arizona. The chief, who may or may not have existed, told him of a lost civilization of advanced earthlings known as the Lizard People, whose nine-year-olds were as intellectually advanced as college graduates. Wow. Hmm. So this is according to a 1934 article in Los Angeles Times. So nothing current. No. No, no. current research. Yeah. And that my guy, chief may or may not have existed. Yeah, so even that is not uh, verifiable. No. Okay, so here's the um, the very current 1930 
article of LA Times. The radio x-ray has revealed the location of one of three lost cities on the Pacific coast. The local one having been dug by the lizard people after the great catastrophe, which occurred about 5,000 years ago. So even not current, even more not current. <laughs> 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years ago. That's what they said. This legendary catastrophe was in the form of a... Ew. (laughs) Of a huge tongue of fire. Oh. Which came out of the southwest, destroying all life in its path. The path being several hundred miles wide. The city underground was dug by a means of escaping future fires. Oh. Mm-hmm. Large rooms in the domes of the hills above the city of Labyrinth housed 1,000 families in a manner of tall buildings. Well, yeah, we have that already. Sure. Imperishable food supplies of the herb variety were stored in the catacombs to provide sustenance for the lizard folk for great lengths of time. Mm. Gotta have their greenery. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield's lizard people were not humanoid reptilian aliens popularized by conspiracy theorists such as David Icke. Rather, they were a race of exceptional human beings who worshipped the lizard as a symbol of long life and laid out their underground labyrinth in the shape of their favorite reptile. So they were people. Yeah, but they still considered them lizards. Lizard people. Yeah. See, that's kind of messed up. The way the header showed lizard people. In my mind, what that means is people that are lizards. Or lizards that are people. Yeah. A combination. Rep- that's what they still consider them reptiles. Talk about your clip. Click. Clickbait. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> oh, that's messed up. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're not even real lizards. I'm disappointed. This story leads me to be disappointed. Well, you know, that's, that's life. <laughs> I wanted to see actual lizard people. Like people with tails. <laughs> Do more search. You'll find them. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> that's disappointing do more search you'll find them uh, i'll let you do the search yeah, you're, you, you, you're more into what, when that. you do find one you don't watch out for that tail because oh, it'll whack you oh that's too funny okay so the next story out of npr.org here's what 2023 was in store as in predicted by experts in 1923 uh-oh okay so 100 years ago people this yeah. is what we're talking about mm-hmm <laughs> Another story that has this flashing back to the, the past. A stone age. <laughs> okay, forget the flying cars. When scientists and Scientolo- uh, so- sociologists, excuse me, in 1923 offered predictions for what life might look like in 100 years, their visions were more along the lines of curly-haired men. Yeah, we got that. Four-hour workdays. We wish we had that. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> 300-year-old people. No. Who no. wants to live that? Yeah, live gee, that long. Man. And... Check this out. Watch size radio telephones. We have that. We do have that. Yeah. So they predicted that even a hundred years ago? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Wow. So according to Paul Ferry, 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 a researcher and instructor at University of Calgary who had compiled the newspaper clippings, this was now viral Twitter thread. Okay, so they included projections about the population growth and life expectancy, trends in personal hygiene, ill, mm-hmm. advances in industries from travel to healthcare, and even some meta musings on the future of journalism itself. Meta musings. Meta musings. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. In reading a forecast of 2023, when many varieties of aircraft are flying through the heavens, we do not begin the day by reading the world's news, but by listening to it for the newspaper has gone out of business more than a half a century ago. Well, I mean, 
Hence that's kind of current. That's kind of accurate right there. Hence why we're doing the podcast. <laughs> that's right. So they told NPR over an email that they've always look, loved to look at old newspapers. Okay, well, what are the... Uh, tell me about the predictions. Okay, let's see here. Digging through the archives. Okay, don't tell us about that. Predictions about men curling their hair appear to stem from a general worry about anything that challenges gender norms. Hmm. While talk about a four-hour workday is seemingly part of a larger conversation about the promise of automation. Wow. Yeah, wow. Some predictions proved way more uh, precedent than others. Consider a sliding scale between smartwatches and telepathy. Mm -hmm. Advancements in health and beauty. Several seers described a world full of healthier and more beautiful people. Well, you know. I don't no. know about that one. No one's really healthier. No. Try. I don't know more about be- <laughs> more beautiful. But, you know, whatever. Maybe they're more, you know, <laughs> beauty is a large scale too. Maybe they're more quote unquote beautiful because they have surgery. You know, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's it's a sliding scale. Beauty yeah. is in the eye of the holder. Yeah, know? but look how many surgeries have gone wrong. I know. One writer predicted an eradication of cancer, as well as tuberculosis, infantile per- paralysis, such as polio, and locomotor ataxia and leprosy. Okay, well, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, let's see here. All right, we can kind of get that. Yeah. Beauty contests will be unnecessary. Well, they're still going on. Yeah, of course. As there will be many beautiful people. No, I wouldn't say more beautiful people. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Depending what part of the country. <laughs> I think there's more fat people than anything else right now. Yeah. Okay. Personal grooming and style trends will change. Making curls for men by 2023. Also forecasting that women will probably be shaving their heads. Well, yeah a lot that that's been a fashion trend before in the 90s uh demi moore she made it hot shaving your head yeah but that was really (laughs) short term it's uh, you know like fads the fads come in and they Mm -hmm. go out within a couple of years yep they also said also maidens which you know single ladies may pronounce it the height of the style uh, while personal primping is to blacken their teeth what the frack Blacken their teeth. Black, blacken their teeth for whatever reason. Wouldn't that be pretty? They said. Ugh. Isn't that kind of like one of those old uh, regnant? Oh. Then they say living longer and working smarter. The average person would live longer, which you know. No. No. <laughs> one said the average lifespan could be reached could reach a hundred years. Not really. Well, they reached a hundred years back then. They don't reach it now. Yeah. Then let's see and skim through the thing here. Gizmo gadgets and other innovations yes that is correct uh people would be wearing kidney cozies <laughs> kidney cozies <laughs> which they compared to teapot cozies for one's internal organs what the <laughs> what how does that work another uh pose that pose that utensils and dwellings will be largely made of pulps and cements i don't know about pulps it's not cement it's uh metal and plastic and it's the same material as what it was way back then. Yeah, they have ceramic and stuff. And, I don't and know. Actually, a lot of houses were made out of what clay and all that back then compared to what it is now. Yeah, yes, it is. Because it was made out of bricks. Yeah. So, you know, it, then they say uh, flying. They say um, by 2023, gasoline is more of a motive power than uh, it will be more than radio and will be replaced by radio and that the skies will be filled with a myriad of craft sailing over well-defined routes. Okay, the way they talk is really kind of hard to read. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was an over imagination on that one. Okay, so anyway, that was very interesting. So, and of course, that was 100 years ago. You know, everyone makes their predictions 100 years ago. Of course. Now, we're long past Christmas time. Of course. But I saw this article on NPR.com that was very interesting. Talked about inflation. Oh, all right. Inflation has reached the North Pole as Santa shortage looms. Ooh. Okay. So, so we're early for this year. <laughs> or late for last year. <laughs> late for last year, early for this year. <laughs> Turns out that Santa might actually not be coming to town. Again, this was last year. Or at least it may be harder to book him <laughs> than it was in Christmas past. Really? And no, it's not because kids have been naughty this year. Instead, you can blame the ghost of economy present. And who's that? <laughs> <laughs> you guys tell me. <laughs> who's the ghost of economy present? <laughs> What about economy past? <laughs> oh, geez. We, know, we all know who that is. Anyway. <laughs> what about economy uh, future? Oh, boy. <laughs> We're gonna be so... The ghost of economy present won't say that he's to blame. <laughs> he's to say that it was already here. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, let's see here. They said the larging staffing. Oh, okay. Uh, so Mitch uh, Allen is the founder and self-described head elf of HireSanta.com one of the world's largest staffing agencies for holiday entertainers. He recently joined a video call from the North Pole. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was calling in from Texas. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> it's where it's warmer out here. <laughs> Too damn cold up there. <laughs> so here at Hire Santa, the demand is higher than it's ever been before. It's seen an increase of 125% demand for Santa compared to holiday seasons before the pandemic. Okay, for every new Santa who wants to work Work for his company, Alan says he has 20 clients clamoring for Chris Kringle's jolly services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Grinch behind the Santa shortage. Part of the story is that pent up uh, demand for the last couple of years, many families and uh, businesses have opted out of traditional festivities, including in-person visits of St. Nick. But this holiday season, most Americans are returning to normal. And that includes bringing their kids to sit on Santa's knees and share their Christmas wishes. But while demand for Santa has surged, the supply of Santa santas remain depressed the, oh oh poor santa <laughs> the pandemic was particularly hard on santa claus community oh uh let's see here describing uh its largest organization of professional santas mrs clauses and associates um they provide uh holiday entertainers including background checks and liability insurance okay so we've never seen a drop like that you got to remember we're all a little plump <laughs> most of us are o over the age of 60 and we're uh probably a lot are diabetic oh oh so translation they're on their way out oh <laughs> at the height of pandemic arnold pivoted for virtual events for kids okay so they did that then they had um uh, plexiglass barriers for Santa's and so the kids wouldn't be able to actually sit or touch him but he's in a in a bubble he's a bubble Santa <laughs> so Santa can't wear a mask but he's in a bubble he's in a bubble okay so Santaflation over the last year as vaccines and COVID treatments have become more available the society has gotten closer to normal both higher Santa and the brotherhood of santas uh have worked to rebuild the santa workforce okay so what i'm hearing is you know they they were getting older they got hit with covid you know health issues um they can't really work as much 
after pandemic. So there, there's a hiring surge, but that was due to inflation. And a lot of the Santas went, so they need new Santas. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they say uh, because of higher fuel costs, the uh, Santa suits are more expensive. What? Because they have to get the material from other places and the transportation costs are higher because of inflation and down the trickle, you know, trickle down effect. Oh, so shipping from China was too much. <laughs> Apparently so. Oh, okay. And the majority of their members uh, raised their prices somewhere between 10 to 15% this year. Oh, China's taking all that money, boy. <laughs> Santaflation. Oh, Santaflation. Oh. So that's what it is. So, you know, we have something to look forward, not look forward to, but, you know, even Santa's getting hit with the inflation. Be ho, ho, ho higher all the way through. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. Okay. So let's hope that the Santa's elves aren't uh, part of that inflation too. No, because they're always short. So they're never going to inflate anymore. (laughs) Okay. So another news story from NPR.com. The National Park Service wants humans to stop Doing what? Licking this toad. Licking the toad? <laughs> we went from Santa inflation. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Licking this toad. Yeah, that's what they said. Don't lick the dang toad. <laughs> Who wants to lick a toad? It's like go into any park and there's often reminders to refrain from going near, petting, or feeding wildlife. Not licking strange animals was simply a given until now. What? They didn't put a freaking sign up. Don't lick the toad. So what do people do? Lick the toad. Are you... you... (laughs) National Park Service has added tongue contact with the Sonorian Desert Toad among its various warnings for park visitors. That they didn't have the sign up. How stupid do these people gotta be to be young? Really? So as we say, with most things you come across in the national park, whether it be a banana slug, unfamiliar mushroom, or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, (laughs) please refrain from licking. That's a, it's a agency policy now. It's like ribbit, ribbit. (laughs) Lick. Hey, (laughs) I could lick you right about now. So the toad, also known as a Colorado River toad, is about seven inches in size and carries a weak, low-pitched ribbit sound. Ribbit. Ribbit. (laughs) But the creature is far from harmless. Oh, ooh. Yeah. The Sonarian Desert desert toads secrete a potent toxin that can make people sick if they touch it or get the poison in their mouth. Where do you think wars come from? Yeah. Ugh. Despite the risks, some people have discovered that the toad's toxic secretions contain a powerful hallucinogenic known as 5-M-E-O-D-D-M-T. That's where it's from. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. In recent years, smoking the amphibian secretions has grown in popularity so much that the species is often is even considered threatened, at least in New Mexico, due to collectors that want to use the animal for drug use. Oh, no. Oh, poor thing. Oh, my God. People are sick. Number of public figures have reported experimenting with the toad's extracted toxins. Oh, Mike Tyson with that. Oh, really? Uh, He spoke about it. Um, Some people, researchers have said they have begun to study it for its potential therapeutic benefits. President... (laughs) President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has written about using 5-MeO-DMT therapy as form as an addiction uh, treatment. What that bullshit. Well, we all know about what he does. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? But people are going to follow what 
Hunter Biden is doing now. Well, apparently they are. Oh, I know, but still, come on. I mean, his track record already as it is, geez louise. Yeah, so uh, the drug, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, considers 5-MeO-DMT as a Schedule One drug, meaning it's currently not accepted for medical use and has a high potential for abuse. Of course. So the poor little toad is getting harassed about all these uh, stupid people wanting to lick it. Don't don't lick me. I'll give you some stuff. <laughs> Here's what you get. <laughs> okay, so you know NPR really brings the stuff. I Another- sure do. <laughs> believe that boy. <laughs> Another story from NPR. <laughs> they haven't disappointed yet. <laughs> no, they haven't. America's next top what mullet will be crowned? Mullet. <laughs> mullet. Not model? No, mullet. You see mullet. a picture of this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. The mullet's coming back again. All business in front and party in the back, boy. A major competition is underway for the ultimate prize. It's not Major League Baseball playoffs. It's the USA Mullet Championships. Oh, boy. Voting ends tonight, okay, a few nights ago at midnight to determine the nation's best mullet. The nations. Okay, where's this at? Is this going to be like in Louisiana or something like that or what? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's mullet uh, capital right there. Uh, I'm reading here. I'm oh, going to okay. find out. Right, the winner of the best business in the front party in the back. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> what I told you. Hairstyle will be announced October 20th. Oh, so this was way back. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Scott Salvador of Stillwater, New York has taken the lead of main event. In the main event. Ooh. Main. main. M-A-N-E. Main. The okay. main event. Main event. He <laughs> refers to his mullet as the Lord's Drapes. The Lord's Drapes, huh? Yeah. The, the name. Oh, the boy. Lord's Drapes. The Lord's Drapes. And has been growing and maintaining it for the past four and a half years. Salvador is one of the 25 other finalists. <laughs> okay. Who have been vying for the glorious America's Best Mullet title and a 2500 prize. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. There are kids and teens divisions that have been already awarded their champion championships. Little kids. Wow. Little kids. So last year's winner, Clint Duncan, won over 17,000 votes. And the organization also says half of the entry fees are donated to the group Stop Soldier Suicide. Oh, nice. which provides care for veterans in need. That's very nice. That's very nice. Very good. So Andy Foster with his mullet, 22 years old, been growing <laughs> mullet age four. Mullet age four. <laughs> then the name of his mullet is Wisconsin Waterfall. <laughs> Wisconsin Waterfall. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> then another top contender, uh, 40 years old, age mullet, two and a half years. And the mullet name is Whistling Kitty Chaser. <laughs> <laughs> that's curly. Oh. <laughs> oh, shoot. Another contender, uh, he is 39. Mullet age is three years. Wow, it's pretty long. Wow. Mullet age, the Papi Fuego. <laughs> Papi Fuego, yeah. <laughs> Another contender, uh, he's 33. Mullet age, three years. Mullet name is the Organ Tail. <laughs> organ Tail. Oh, that's funny. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so these are relatively young mullets. Yeah, young mullets that, uh, you know, pretty much took over the... <laughs> The older bodies. That's what they did. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
I want to. What I want to see is a twenty-year-old mullet. Twenty. I know that's yeah, but you'll never see that. Or a now a thirty-year-old because that's when the mullets were 30, 30 oh, Yeah, but that'd 30. be on a seventy-year-old guy. <laughs> the only thing that you can kind of half-ass come close to that would be uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because he's the one that had the mullet for God knows how long. Of course, then he's, uh, you know, turned it into braids. Yeah, yeah. So. So, now the next story out of foxnews.com. Now, we're looking for odd laws in America address banned tattoos, pink butter, poker playing, and more. So, these are 25 weird laws that have passed in the U.S. Uh, that are weird. Weird laws. Okay. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. Here's a quick odd laws okay so let me see here okay america's oddest laws include rules against dressing as nuns eating frogs and more ew Ooh. ew so uh, let's see <laughs> alabama through missouri of course that's, that's that's where it's gonna be out of montana you cannot drive animals on a rail railroad rail railroad track you can't drive animals on the track what 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 would happen if a moose got on a you know one of those trains and says okay tally ho i don't know a livestock code in the montana state legislature prohibits the unlawful transporting or driving of livestock upon the railroad track with the intent to injure the cooper uh, the cooperation uh, or persons owning the railroad oh so intentionally putting livestock on the railroad track to injure the the tracks i mean you know the people on the tracks and stuff uh, so they get a monetary fine of $50,000 or imprisonment in a state prison for up to five years or both. But what if a moose uh, basically pulled a gun on you and said, hey. <laughs> so they're saying you can't intentionally put the livestock on the railroad tracks because you're intentionally going to harm the corporation, the, the railroad tracks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Then out of Nebraska, you cannot marry if you have an STD. Ew. I wouldn't want to marry an STD in the first place. If you have an STD, a marriage qualification code in Nebraska prohibits residents with STDs from marrying in the marrying in the Nebraska state. No person who is afflicted with a venereal disease shall marry in this state. So if they marry and they have STD, they're going to be fined or they're breaking the law, the the legislature, legislative bill. So um, I, undis- can, I can get that because I wouldn't want to marry STD either because that's a lifelong. Yeah. Undisclosed STDs at the time of marriage is a qualifier for annulment, but the bill has not been passed. OK, so it's not there yet. Ah. Then other uh, weird state laws, Nevada, you got to steer clear of the Powerball. Isn't that sad? So uh, Nevada says that no lottery may be authorized or no lottery tickets can be sold in Nevada. Is it because people want the the state of Nevada wants them to gamble more? I'd say you better believe it. I mean, that's what I think. That's where they get more of their money because Nevada don't want to hand out the money. Yeah, that's weird. They want to keep it for themselves. That's very weird. All proceeds of the lottery, less expenses directly related to the operation of the lottery, must be used only for benefit, uh, charitable, or nonprofit activities in the state. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so the Constitution does give Nevada legislative power to authorize and regulate lotteries or raffles or drawings. Okay, so it's mainly for non nonprofits and stuff. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Oh, heck no. New Hampshire, beware the collection of seaweed. What? They're taking away seaweed now in New Hampshire. Is that what I'm hearing? Really? <laughs> New Hampshire fish and game laws 
uh, have a list of general provisions about seaweed collection. Love me some seaweed. <laughs> they prohibit uh, prohibit activities such as nighttime seaweed and rockweed collecting from seashores below high water mark. Seaweed collecting from any salt marsh or flat without leave of the owner. Piling seaweed below the high water mark for the purpose of hauling away. Okay, so they're just governing where you uh, collect seaweed. They're yeah. not saying you, you absolutely cannot do it. Yeah, they just don't want you to get it out of certain places. Yeah. Then, New Jersey has another weird law. You can't sell a car on a Sunday. What? So, the criminal justice law prohibits people in New Jersey uh, from buying, selling, or exchanging motor vehicles on a Sunday. What? Violating the code is considered a disorderly person's offense. (laughs) Disorderly? Disorderly? (laughs) I disorderly tell you that you can't sell a car on Sunday. Violation, violation punishments escalate with each subsequent offense and can include monetary fines between 100 to 750 up to six months of imprisonment and suspension or revo- revocation of a car dealership license. Oh, so there's, okay, so dealerships and things like that, used dealerships. Uh, so a private owner is basically have to sell their car in order to pay for uh, their fines, what they're going to be getting for <laughs> what they sold on Sunday. That's what it is. <laughs> I see now, I see. An exemption exists for motor vehicle, motorcycle vehicle sales, unless prohibited by the county. So why are they um, restricting and banning sales on on a Sunday, but you can do the motorcycle? That's kind of messed up. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Yeah, so that goes with um, weird laws. So there's more weird weird laws. Um, I don't want to read the whole freaking thing. So, um, so don't buy a car over there. Just buy a motorcycle because you can sell it at any given time. Or just come over here. Yeah, just come over here. <laughs> do your go, business here. Yeah, go, go outside the state. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Okay, this is another weird thing. Um, Fox News says farmer speaks out against forcing cows to wear diapers to contain methane em- emissions. They don't like that. What? <laughs> forcing cows to wear diapers? Yeah. Because- Who the hell is going to be putting the diapers on the cows every damn day? The, the freaking farmers, I guess. And they're saying, no, we don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame them because they got to change that diaper all the time. So a Tennessee farmer condemned the idea of forcing cows to wear masks ah, and diapers to contain their methane emissions. So they want them to have a cover on the back end and the front end. Oh, jeez Louise. Now, Where the hell is this world going to? Now, in the height of the pandemic, you know, we saw memes everywhere about masks. Oh, of course, yes. That uh, was the only way yeah. we could release our frustrations. That's right, yes. And I saw one with a cat. Uh, uh, I know. <laughs> a cat had a whole mask on his yes. face and two little holes for its eyes. It sure did, yep. I saw that one, too. <laughs> so, um, this dairy farmer said that considering putting on masks to tra- trap their burps in an effort to reduce methane emissions by 30%, come 2023 in the future cows could be also forced to wear diapers to trap their flatulence (laughs) oh my god oh Oh, geez now the question is do diapers trap farts no as any parent would know god no there's no way in hell (laughs) because it could still escape you know come on yes it will come on people it'll get filtered but it's still not gonna be no uh -uh. so 
They said, the farmer said, the whole thing is utter madness. Utter ridiculous. Utter. Utter. Utterly ridiculous. Utter madness. I use utter a lot. (laughs) Uh, Nash had to put a mask on one of her cows during the interview to test the theory. (laughs) Oh, you see the cow with the... Look up, do me a favor. Look up Google cow with a mask and you'll see. I don't know if you can see it. Let's see. Cow with the... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Do me a favor. You will want to look at cow with a mask. (laughs) You sure will. Yep. And so she put a mask on the cow during the interview to test the theory, but explained she's not having it and is struggling to breathe. That's exactly right. Poor baby. Yep. Livestock, especially cows and cattle, produce methane, a dangerous greenhouse gas that warms the atmosphere as part of their normal digestive process. We all have that same digest. We all digest. We all emit we've been doing it for (laughs) thousands of years nothing (sighs) has changed in any way shape or form so this coalition has found that livestock emissions and manure and gastroenteric releases account for roughly 30 percent of the methane emissions oh well they can't help it i don't think so i think they're wrong i don't know so uh So they said, uh, ask if putting a diaper on a cow would be even feasible and wondered if it was a joke. Yeah. Oh, we have another picture of the cow with a diaper. Oh, my. Oh, Google my. cow with a diaper. Oh. Next, sorry, people. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine you had t- uh, 2,000 head of cow hmm. and then you got to put a diaper, 2,000 diapers on every day? Yeah. And then what if it poops and stuff? You got to change the diaper. Uh, at least two or three, maybe five times a day. There's no way. The farmer said her cows have to be able to walk around, lay, lay that's, down, that's exactly eat, right. drink water, and generally live in a, in a comfortable life. Aww. That's right, because they can't take it on and off all the time. <gasps> Poor thing. Whoever wanted that is stupid. Oh. <laughs> They're really stupid. You know, that's to me, it seems like it would be animal cruelty, especially a mask on a cow and you can't breathe. Whoever thought of it would be, yes, yes, that was dumb. Poor, poor thing. Okay, another story out of Fox News. Houston suspect tells the fast food employees that it's his first robbery and leaves empty handed. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm sorry, this is my first time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't mean to tell you, but hey, can I have some money? Can I please? I don't know how I usually rob people. This is my first time. I don't know how it goes. Um, uh, 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 I gotta go. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. (laughs) A man walked in a Houston fast food restaurant and told the employees that it was his first robbery and ended up leaving (laughs) without stealing anything. (laughs) The bizarre incident happened on Sunday after six o'clock. Of course. The unknown individual entered the restaurant, walked up to the employee standing behind the counter and asked for a change of $100. As the employee turned around to ask his manager, the wannabe robber displayed a handgun and told the employees it was his first robbery and demanded money from the register. (laughs) My first time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My first time. I still didn't get nothing. The manager refused to open the register for the suspect. The suspect tried to negotiate with the manager but failed, growing frustrated before eventually leaving (laughs) empty-handed. I didn't even get a happy meal out of it. Damn it. Houston police uh, are asking for public assistance, who they describe the suspect as Hispanic male, 17 to 25, wearing a black shirt and armed with a handgun. Orderly. 
<laughs> so the guy took off without having anything, without grabbing anything. Oh, well, not even a kid's meal. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that is all the funny news I have. Uh, email us at alternativetwist.com. Let us know what you think about our episodes. If you want us to add other stuff to uh, our podcast, give us feedback. Yeah, if you have more funny news to, to give us, yeah. if you have uh, you know funny personal uh, news that mm -hmm. uh, you've uh, experienced, send that over to us too. Yeah, we're open to feedback. Let us know what you think. Email us at alternativetwistradio at gmail.com or you can message us on our social media, any of our social. Facebook is Alternative Twist Radio. Instagram is Anne, A-N-N-E, Alternative. Twitter is Alt Twist Radio. TikTok is Alternative Twist. Um, YouTube, Alternative Twist Radio. Uh, so for now, we're going to be doing audio, and then uh, we're going to be having our regular in-studio guests from City of Paris. Yes. So we hope to do those in video format. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in, and tune in next week. We're going to be starting with the City of Paris then. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Mike and Phoebe show on Alternative Twist Radio, the only radio station based in Paris, California. Be sure to tune in for new episodes every week, Fridays at 8 p.m. Pacific on AlternativeTwist.com. 